brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that shares your values. More information is available at CharityMobile.com. There is a tone deafness among the bishops as they continue to impose traditionis custodis on the faithful, especially when they do it based on outright lies. We're going to see more head-scratching responses from the bishops as we get closer to Ash Wednesday. And the thing we should expect to see that many of these bishops just, they don't have the faith. They must not believe that the Mass is sacrificial in nature, that the Mass is a representation of the sacrifice of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary, as the faith itself teaches us that it is. And instead, they view the Mass as some community pep rally with really bad music and a bad speech. How can they believe otherwise? Today I have for you the story of more bishops banning the Mass in various dioceses, and in how so doing, they've displayed a total lack of spine, and at least for some of them, a total lack of the Catholic faith, because they're also going after the new Mass when it looks vaguely Catholic. Let's get into the story. Our story takes us to two different dioceses, the first in Venice, Florida, and the second in Illinois, where the traditional Catholic liturgy is under assault by the modernists, who seem to want to get on Supich and Francis's good side more than they want to defend the faith. In so attacking the faith, they have released statements devoid of courage and filled with absolute horrible examples of what it means to be a prelate in the church in our time. Modernism looks like it's prevailing at this moment, but I remind you that they have already lost the battle. They may try to ban the Latin Mass, but as the priest whose message I brought to you last week, who refuses to submit, told us, they cannot bury the Mass of the saints and doctors of the church, and they look pathetic in attempting to do so. Well, let's start in the Diocese of Venice, Florida, where Bishop DeWayne, seen here in a picture greeting Francis the Great One with a big grin on his face, issued a statement that shows that he's not even familiar with Latin. Normally, I am going to be the very last person on earth to get on someone's case about misspelling Latin, since I can't even pronounce Latin well, as you probably know, but this bishop should know better. Here, he misspells ad orientum, which is a liturgical and canonical term that every priest should know how to spell properly. But, regardless, he also betrays a lack of understanding of what his precious documents of Vatican II even said on the liturgy, of what the instructions to the priest in the Mass actually say about how to say the liturgy. But here's his statement. I think you'll agree that it's rather breathtaking in its absurdity. Dear Monsignor Father, At the beginning of this present liturgical year, the diocese became aware that some priests were celebrating the Roman Rite according to the current Roman Missal, ad orientum. Ah, that's how they spelled it. <laughs> At least on occasion. It is known that certain Catholic groups promote this practice and assert that it is the quote-unquote right of a priest to choose this form of celebration. Therefore, to prevent confusion going forward, allow me to remind all of the norms of the general instruction of the Roman Missal, which can be found in the Roman Missal and online at the USCCB website. The general instruction calls for the altar of the church to be built in such a way, quote, that mass can be celebrated at it facing the people, which is desirable whenever possible, end quote. The norms also anticipate that the situation might be that an existing altar, quote, is so positioned that it makes the people's participation difficult but cannot be moved without damage to artistic value, end quote. In these cases, the general instruction directs that another altar should be erected and the sacred rites celebrated on it alone. See General Instruction of the Roman Missal, Numbers 299-303. to The plain meaning of these norms is that when 
Celebrating the Mass according to the current Roman Missal, it is expected that the orientation of the priest will be facing the people. Any other interpretation of the norm is mistaken. A guiding principle of the general instruction is that celebrants should make determinations about applying its norms based on what serves the common spiritual good of the people of God, rather than private inclination or arbitrary choice. See General Instruction of the Roman Missal, number 42. As ordinary, I am ob obligated to exercise vigilance over the whole of the diocese's liturgical life. In that role, I must say that I do not know of a church in the diocese where it is impossible to celebrate facing the people, which is desirable. As Pope Francis stated in Traditionis Custodis, the liturgical books promulgated by St. Paul VI and St. John Paul II, in conformity with the decrees of Vatican II, are the unique expression of the Lex Arundi of the Roman Rite. Previous norms, instructions, permissions, and customs that do not conform to the provisions of the present motu proprio are abrogated. See Traditionis Custodis, Articles 1 and 8. Therefore, any, quote, right to use the rubrics of the Roman Missal of 1962 presumed to be given in motu proprio Samorum pontificum no longer have the force of law. Therefore, priests in the Diocese of Venice should celebrate the liturgy facing the people and not impose their own private choices when celebrating a Mass with a congregation. What is done at Masses without a congregation is left to the celebrant's discretion. In any case, no priest can celebrate a public Mass ad orientum, that's how he spelled it, without the ordinary's written permission. With pastoral concern, I ask priests to abide by the norms in the general instruction and not create confusion about the proper celebration of the Roman Rite. Thank you for your understanding in this manner. Please be assured that you and the faithful of your parish are remembered in my prayer. May God bless each of you. Signed, yours in Christ, Frank J. DeWine, Bishop of the Diocese of Venice in Florida. It is worth noting here that, that what the official Vatican documents for the new Mass actually say is pretty simple. When you read the rubrics for the Mass, meaning the rules on how to say it, there are numerous places in the Mass instructions where the priest is told to turn and face the people. Now, why is he, why is he told that? Because in the formal rubrics for the Mass, the priest is not supposed to be facing the people for the most of the Mass, but instead he is facing liturgical east, meaning he has his back to the congregation. He is facing ad orientum. Bishop DeWayne doesn't appear to know the first thing about what the Mass rubrics say, which is strange since he says a Mass every day. And this statement just undercuts his credibility. Note that they don't seem to care about such things, though. All they care about is conforming the diocese and the church to Francis's illicit decree that stated that the Mass invented by Protestants and a stonecutter in a cafe in the late 1960s is the unique and sole expression of the Roman Rite of Mass, and that our Masses are not valid. To give you an example of what is considered valid these days, the following clip is from a Mass said by a priest of Bishop Duane's diocese. This bishop serves under Bishop Duane. He serves at his pleasure. He gets his approval. Here we see a priest replacing various penitential portions of the new Mass with what looks like a yoga breathing exercise. To prepare ourselves for the beauty of the readings and the uh, deep teaching of Jesus, let's prepare ourselves with a beautiful in-breath, and let's breathe out our preoccupations and our projects and our worries, our plans. We become very simple in God's presence. Let's take another big breath. And we feel ourselves enter a silence that leads us into the mystical dimension of our faith. Take that third breath. And on the out-breath, 
we sink deeply into the depths of our hearts. From that place, we cry out beautifully and tenderly in song for the Lord to touch, bless, and transform us in just the way we need God's help the most. I don't know about you, but I feel totally reassured in that. And I can't wait to be forced to take my family to masses like that and have their faith put at risk. And for those that think I'm highlighting just a bad priest to make a partisan point, there are far more masses said, with various kinds of silly and illicit faith-destroying liberties taken like what you just saw than reverent ad orientum novus ordo masses. Often, these faith-destroying liberties are political speeches given from the ambo that support the various works and efforts of Caesar, including the prayers of the faithful. I know because I've witnessed it firsthand, and it was one of the last things that finally broke me and was part of what ultimately forced me to protect the faith of my children from the modernists. But that priest is known for doing these things. Here he invokes the language of Francis to remind us what the real issues in the church are, being a rigid, meanie-headed, neo-neo-Pharisee. We as the church, the believers in Christ, oh my word, if all we do is worry about the perfection or the proper words to use in our liturgy, the right gestures, if we stick to formulas in our prayers, very religious, very religious, but very rigid. And I promise you, if we are rigid like that, we're rigid on everybody else. Where's the fire? Where's the fire? Bishop DeWayne, if you're seeing this, since you are a hyper-modernist yourself with no regard whatsoever for the deposit of the faith and only want to make the modernist power brokers in Rome happy, if you want to make Supich and Roach and Francis happy, put this priest's name in with Francis for a promotion and do it pronto. He's speaking Francis's language and would probably do quite well as an auxiliary bishop who teaches Catholic-looking yoga in your name on Sundays. But in all seriousness, this assault on the faith isn't anything new. This is what is considered okay in the church today. And not a mass that offers fitting and right worship to God that recognizes that the mass is a solemn event that brings the sacrifice of Calvary to the people in worship. And this is why in another diocese, Bishop Paprocki lost his spine and issued a decree restricting the Latin mass in his diocese that neighboring Chicago and to mirror the policies of Cardinal Supich. He's doing it because he is trying to look good to Supich, who is the ordinary in the neighboring diocese and exerts a great deal of influence in his diocese. Instead of reading his absurd statement in full, though, I'm just going to focus on one tiny portion of it. From the instructions that were included at the end of the letter, we get this. Listen carefully, because this affects every single one of us, because you're going to see this everywhere else. Point number two. Quote, A plan of catechesis will be presented to assist and accompany those attached to the former rite to fully appreciation the restoration of the liturgy, we'll get to that in a second, and the teachings of the council. And point three, as requested by the Archbishop of Chicago, the priests incarnated in the Archdiocese of Chicago, serving in the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois, will be asked to affirm in their written petition to celebrate the sacraments in the earlier liturgical form that the restored liturgy of the council is the unique expression of the lex orandi of the Roman rite, end quote. There's an outright lie in this statement. 
The new Mass is not a restored Mass. The Second Vatican Council did not call for restoring some ancient liturgy. The new Mass was invented by an actual committee of heretics and enemies of the Church and foisted upon the Church illicitly. It is a historic fact that Paul VI called Archbishop Bugnini, the architect of the new Mass, the man who made it. He called him something worse than a stonecutter right before he booted him out of Rome and sent him packing to the fringes of the Church. And it's a historic fact that Bugnini had help from Protestant ministers to make the new Mass, and that prayers of the new Mass that you hear every time you go were designed in an actual cafeteria and written on paper napkins. There is no historic evidence whatsoever that the ancient liturgy looked like what the typical Roman Rite Catholic sees on a typical Sunday morning. It is known that the traditional Latin Mass developed organically for 1900 years since the time of the Apostles before it was unceremoniously sent to the dustbin by Bugnini and his henchmen. But that's the point I want to zoom in on here. Note that on first Sundays, apparently in Chicago and in Springfield, in addition to all that, they're going to try to convince you that that's all true, that what they said is true, that they restored the liturgy. It's a lie. But their plan is to force traditional Catholics into re-education. Talk about accompaniment. I saw one traditional priest on Twitter say that this is going to be an RCIA program for traditional Catholics to force the rigidity out of us and to make us embrace their new religion. I, for one, will not submit my children to this if it comes to either of the dioceses I regularly attend Mass in trying it here. Those who resist this re-education will be declared schismatics, almost certainly. And you know what? I'm happy to be declared in schism from the priest who is teaching yogic breathing exercises at Mass, and in schism from those who clearly hate the faith. I'm happy to do that, and happy to have that happen to me, because we have no duty to sacrifice the faith of our loved ones to heretics teaching outright falsehoods and condemned errors. That document has lies in it. I won't be part of it, and I pray that you won't be part of it either. Let me know what you thought of all this in the comments, please. Do you agree that there are far more priests like Father Yoga breathing at far more parishes than rigid, meanie-headed, trad parishes? Do you think this re-education is coming to your diocese soon? Let me know in the comments, please, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. So always pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.